0: Welcome to another episode of Community Green, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of methane emissions and explore the forefront of technological advancements. I'm your host, Tracy Boyd, and today we have the honor of sitting down with a true leader in the world of environmental technology and client support. Tom Dockery is a Picaro veteran with boots on the ground in the very early stages of our first solution deployment. He brings his vast expertise and passion to every engagement. Today, we go beyond the resume to uncover the stories, the challenges, and the vision that have fueled his journey. Tom, tell me what your role is and how long you've been with Picaro. So I joined Picaro in March of 2015, so it's a little over eight years. So I have um, had four different roles within Picaro. So, I mean, remembering at the beginning... Uh, in the early days, we wore many, many hats. So um, you were know, everything from marketing to product management to project management to salesperson uh, to customer support. The title now is uh, Senior Director of uh, Global Operations, Field Operations and Technical Support. How does Picaro ensure successful client delivery and support? The The way we manage the successful delivery is all about High coverage, high contact um, at a couple of different levels. So we tend to um, and always insist upon having a team with one individual responsible for managing the deployment. And the deployment can go in various phases, but it's all about having the right contact experts present, you know, to take care of various things from from the installation to the training uh to the the rollout of workflows, all that sort of thing. But we put a team in place whose um whose sole responsibility is to ensure that the the deployment goes um the way it should and uh and then it's tailored to customer specific situation customer specific uh work structures and such. How does Picaro streamline onboarding a new client? The first part is, you know, when we we get to that stage where we are actually customers taking receipt of a of a system, um, we've done an installation together, either us doing it directly or, uh, you know, working with the customer for working with their fleet teams or however they like to do the installation. All that begins a a, a, a a team building between us and the customer so that we understand who's who's doing what, uh, who has what kind of responsibility on our customer side. And, and at that point, it allows us to kind of, again, marry up not only the work, but the right people so that we can work together and make it as streamlined and as efficient as possible. There, and there's no There's no way around saying this is a change. This is a, a change of reasonable significance and, you know, how you structure it, how you build plans in advance of actually needing to to do X, Y, Z is really important in a disruption factor. And as 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 we always do, we try to make it fit with whatever the customer's ability to consume the technology and consume the activity back into their operations at their rate, at their pace. Um so, you know, that's that's something that we try to plan out as much in advance as we possibly can. Some of it's going to be you don't really get a sense for what's going to be different or what's going to be difficult until you get into it. But that's where, again, having the right people, people who have done it before. And this is really important. I mean, one of our um one of our biggest value propositions is we've done this 30 or 40 times. And, and in that, we've learned a lot about how you. You know, deploy and how you, you know, drive success, uh, successful adoptions of the technology. Um, so it's real important that we can bring that to the table. And the other thing that kind of helps us do that is looking at what other people have done in the, in this whole, that whole activity, uh, other customers. And, and it also allows us to bring other customers into the conversation. So when, when a new customer says, I don't get it, I don't understand how I want to do this, we certainly have the ability to pull in other customers who have, who've gone through similar, you know, kinds of pain or, or difficulty in, in making a, a change. And it allows them to kind of see how others have done it, not just listen to how we think it should be done. What are some of the common trends you've been seeing lately? There, there are some very um, um, very common, you know, um, kind of hurdles and things to kind of work through. Um, I would say that, and in, in we can, we we tend to have lots of different ways people have resolved the problems, and that's one of the things that is kind of interesting to see how the industry has adopted over the years about how they approach solving problems, like resourcing drivers or resourcing. Analysts, how to deal with things like scheduling, uh, driving activity, those kinds of things have kind of shifted over the last seven or eight years. But um, there are still, you know, um, very uh, predictable um, things that you will encounter and that our customers will encounter in that in that road to adoption. And so we can kind of predict and. Describe for our customers in advance. It's like you know, be prepared. We're going to need to kind of address this down the road, and it's likely to be you know something that will that will either catch you off guard or you won't be expecting it. So you know, let's let's try try to put a plan in place for it now. Um, from a timing perspective, it gets to be very very different um, in terms of just you look at the the you know from T zero to I'm up and running um is fairly different for customers depending upon how they how they deploy i mean we have customers who are like all in all now all applications you know big fleet do it do it all you know it's just it's kind of like rip the bandaid off let's get it out of the way and then there are others who have t- kind of taken a more um uh, gradual approach to it. I'm going to try with this application. I'm going to do a couple of cars. Maybe i spread the cars out and do them a couple of different ways in different locations or different regions. So there are um, very different timelines out there. But again, the, the, the barriers, if you will, the things that they run into um, are not that dissimilar. How do you think perspectives have evolved over the last decade? Another great question because at some level, it's been the combination of the two. I mean, when we started down this path, it was all about compliance. It was all about compliance survey. And the system and the solution that we brought to the market was absolutely focused on that. And so, um, it didn't, it didn't really, um, start to think about or, um, provide any direction to how you do emissions, even though, in, um emissions quantification was a part of the very, very early developments. There really wasn't a driving, you know, uh force behind it. There wasn't a forcing function that said, this is more important than compliance. And compliance became the dominant solution that everybody wanted. So um, there was a very much so a focus on that. And and compliance is is probably the more complicated beast. It's the more problematic. De, you know deployment because you do have regulators you have to be concerned with you have to you have to get a lot of people rethinking about how you get that job done so that has um, you know in the early days that 's where a lot of the focus is now you got an entirely you know, not entirely but you have a different model you have you have a, a lot of environmental you know agendas that are being pushed uh, both at a federal and a local level and at a global level um, you have a you know, an evolving, um, industry's perspective on, on the importance of that. And so it has shifted a little bit how people look at and their, their, um, interest in taking on the technology has, has just changed. Uh, it's that whole dynamic of, you know, when we first started out with this, it was this, uh, it was this, uh, the, the analogy I use, it was like pushing a rope. Okay. You were pushing a rope into the market and you know what pushing a rope is. Now, Somebody's pulling on the rope. Okay. Now on the other side in the market and in the in the regulatory space and the government space, somebody's pulling on that rope. And now we're along for the the ride, you know, we're we're on the other end of that rope and it's moving fast. Okay. Right, exactly. So it's it is a different, entirely different game where we were pushing before and the rope was doing exactly what you'd think, it would pile up in the corner as we tried to push it as opposed to it being pulled out in a nice, taut, straight line. How do you and your team maintain such strong relationships with our clients? The the best way to do that is is just FaceTime. Um, You know, we spend um, a tremendous amount of time um, in customer facing either meetings or actually face to face. um, And we try to do it on a very regular basis. So even if everything's going smoothly, um, we're going to we're going to make an effort to get out to our clients locations to see every, uh, installation, every system to talk to, um, you know, the people who are driving, the people who are running reports. It's, it's not uncommon for us to set up, um, a cadence and a tempo with, with our customers where we regularly come out to do, um, and meet with them either on an, on a, a regular occurring operational kind of get together. Um, we've been in, you know, we get invited into those and we have specific, Segments of an agenda where we talk about what's going on with the Picaro method, what's going on with the technology, what, what are the questions? What, what do people see that they wanna, they want to see differently? because we're always not just trying to solve problems, we're trying to figure out how do we make this stuff better? How do we make the solution easier? How do we, so the, there are opportunities for us to um, immerse ourselves in regularly standing operational you know, meetings. Um, and sometimes those things happen annually. Sometimes they're biannually. Sometimes they're quarters. And, but we make sure that we're available and we try really hard to make our customers feel comfortable that they can invite us into those conversations and either put us into a small piece of the, of the agenda and then we go away, but we're there, you know, and so there's that formal kind of thing. And then there's, you know, we do, um, you know, as we take on a new customer, we start out with nearly weekly, and in many cases, weekly meetings with a collection of the team and and their teams to talk about the deployment. And as that tapers off in frequency, um, based upon customers' rollout and where they are and their familiarity of how, of how they're doing things, um, you know, we make sure we continue to have meetings at some regular pace. So there's 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 always we're we're never far behind, and and one of our biggest value propositions is that this is just not about making sure the system's working. This is about, you know, understanding how the data is being utilized. How is the data being consumed by our customer? Is it meeting the need? Is it, it's very much so, a you know, we want to be there as a consultant in this whole thing, not just an implementer. Can you give me a, a little bit of an idea? A client signs up for a new fleet of cars. What's next? As soon as the, um, the decision has been made, then we jump right in and start scheduling, you know, both the installation and the initial training. You know, we're going to try to um, get as many people trained up in the exact same week that we get the installation done um, to be able to make that car a usable piece of of capital and and a tool. And so we will, we will go, and in and do training, we will, I mean, as soon as we do the installation or support the installation, we'll go right into driver training. We'll start collecting data based upon the driver training. We'll be using that data to run reports with the analysts or people who will be involved in, in processing the data at the customer site. We'll be, you know, again, you know, here's the buttons you push, but not only the buttons you push, but how you look at the data. How do you um, interpret the data? And so we we try really hard to get that going right out of the chute. And one of the most important parts of it is together working with the customer, we want to, we want to develop a plan. We want to develop, you know, what do they want to try to do first? And because there's you could go down a path of compliance, you could go down a path of 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 quality checks, you can go down a super emitter hunting you know, exercise, you can go through an emissions exercise, but let's get it on let's get it documented so we together understand what the plan is. And and certainly that's a that's a, a place where our customers kind of set the tempo. However, you know, we'll we'll certainly be there as a a consultant of search sorts to say, if you're going to do that, do this too. I mean, here's the kind of things that make a lot of sense. And if there are resource issues doing that, then we'll, we'll work through that together. I mean, we, you know, we're not going to say, no, you absolutely have to do it this way. There is no absolutely. This is how you do it. But we're going to try everywhere to have high touch, and in in making sure that you know um, that the the system gets seen, the system gets. Uh, experienced by a lot as many people as possible as early as possible because I one of my uh, I, I always say the worst thing that could possibly happen is we come out we install we do training and then the car sits in the parking lot and you know when that happens it's like zero it's just it's a big zero and it's a big red flag for me and and, and it is I think for our team too and, and certainly when we see that happen we're immediately trying to get hold of the right people in the, in the, in the customer to understand, okay, what's, what's stopping it? And, you know, and there, and there are some predictable things. It's always like, well, I don't have drivers yet. I don't have investigators. I'm too busy with something else. I think w- one of the biggest challenges that we have is many people, when they adopt a system, are busy doing other things. We always say they have other jobs and now we've added something to their job. And so, you know, it's a, there is that point where you have to kind of help the customers, you know, um, uh, adopt to saying this is the job. This is the new job. And so uh, it's uh, you, know, you have to try to figure out how to make sure that people don't get you know, scared. I mean, we, we have this we have the same job. I mean, you, you buy a, the latest and greatest um, Wi-Fi enabled thermostat and you stick it on the wall. And if you don't exercise your application or you do something like this, you forget all about it. And, you, and all of a sudden, all that value that you spent all the time trying to figure out, I want the be- biggest and best and latest, goes by the wayside and just goes completely un- unutilized on, un- um, you know, no value. Uh, so we don't, we don't want that to happen. How do you measure success? My team, we, we talk about performance metrics and the performance metrics may not be what people typically think of. When I think of performance metrics, I'm thinking about how often was that car driven in the, in the last quarter? How many times, how many reports have been generated? I don't really care what kind. I just care that it's, it's been turned on and they're using it. I'll figure out later with the team what they're doing, but the first and most important thing is, is it being used? Um, so we can, we can see that. I mean, our team can see that without, you know, we have, Access to being able to see what report activities and, and surveyor activities are going on so we can tell what people are doing. So there's always a, a way for us to kind of get a sense, a ballpark, you know, as to, uh, you know, how much activity is going on. The, you know, for me, and I, I always say it's, it's, it's one thing to say the customer using it for compliance because I also ask it. I ask the team, I say, what are they using it for? You know, I mean, can you off the top of your head with confidence say what they're using the system for. And I, we have the four basic pillars of use, right? So it's compliance, it's emissions capture, it's super emitters, and there's DIMP management kind of DIMP, uh, data collection. Um, for me, it's kind of like everybody should be able, all my team should be able to tell at a drop of a hat, you know, where everybody is on that list of of activities. What are they using the system for? But for me, the real the real thing that cries success is when customers start using that thing completely outside of those four pillars. When they start recognizing the value that the system has in the parking lot, the tool is there, it's in the toolbox. And there's so many ways you can use it, whether it's in, uh, I had an overpressurization, I had an odor call that I can't quite figure out, um, you know, I had a strike and I don't know if I had a problem, you, you know, these kinds of things. It's like the first time somebody says, aha, we got that Picaro thing. Let's go drive it and see what happens. And that that to me is like the light bulb's gone off. People have figured out the power of this tool because it's so much. its, it's It has so much capabilities. You know, the prescribed four are very key. Don't get me wrong. They, those are the high values. But when you get to a point where you've integrated into your toolkit and you really see it as a problem solver and you see it for all the different ways you can use it, then you've graduated. Then you've become. What does Picaro do that no one else does? So, I, you know, I, I think it gets back to, you know, our commitment to ensuring that the customer gets through this this moment of change because it's change. Um, and nobody likes it when their cheese gets moved. I mean, it just, that's just the way it is, the way people are. And so, you know, we spend a lot of time helping people, um, you know, see that, see that it's difficult, um, and understand how to get through it. So, and I think that it's our, our investment, our commitment to having the resources available to do that. Um, you, you know, you can, you can go from the, from the, the, the basic support resources at Picaro all the way to the top. Okay. And customers can get to that very easily. And we're, you know, everybody's available. It's a huge team effort. And so, you know, even though we have a an organization, you know, that manages it as its primary responsibility, uh, the way that it branches out and in and, and ensures that things get dealt with, things uh questions get answered, problems get solved, um, is is very fluid. Um, you know, the way the team operates is very non-siloed. Um, it's it's a very, you know, it's all about customer satisfaction. And I think our, our customer ratings show that. Thank you to our listeners for your time today. Remember, this podcast is all about engaging with you. Don't hesitate to reach out.